Hi, welcome back. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm great, Al. How are you? I'm doing real well. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, if you're joining us, I'm with Erin Etaw. She is with BetterUp. She's done some fantastic research on the future-minded leader. Erin, if you don't mind, please introduce yourself and a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so I am a manager of behavioral science at BetterUp and lead a team of psychologists who do research on all of the things that are top of mind for organizations and leaders today um, to provide really topical, compelling um, insights about how people are doing, how they're thriving, what they need um, in today's sort of landscape of work. Well, you know, with that, you know, what inspired you to do this research? And by the way, uh, we'll share the link as we go. Um, it is an extensive piece of work. This is well thought through. It's well researched. So, you know, what was the inspiration for it in the first place? Yeah. So, so we've just put out this report a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's our latest insight report on the future-minded leader. And really the topic came to us because in 2020 and then in 2021, um, we were realizing the extent to which our partners and ourselves, the leaders that we're serving, are just in such fatigue with the uncertainty, with the unknowns. And uh, some people and organizations are just stuck, you know, not feeling like they have a path forward and looking to the future is um, is kind of a daunting process right now. You know, in the past, we could have, you know, ability to plan, the ability to set goals, strategically plan in organizations. And um, those historical methods of doing that are often falling short for us. And um, and so we wanted to ask the question, like, what what is the solution? You know, when you're in an environment um, in a context, in this case, a very macro environmental context of uncertainty, of change, of the unknown. What is the skill that we need? Of course, we've talked about resilience and agility a lot, but what what else can we learn about how to think about the future, build the skill set in uh, in ourselves and in leaders in order to look to the future with optimism, but also realism and pragmatism um, in order to chart our path forward and also help shape a better tomorrow. Yeah. So if we just back up a, a little bit here, because you and I have both been in, for lack of a better term, employee research, survey research, uh, you know, finding out how people are thinking and feeling uh, about their experience at work for quite a number of years. And it is very unsurprising that one of the key drivers of engagement, whether and disengagement, is confidence in senior leadership and mm -hmm. their vision for the future. And in addition to that, your immediate manager, you know, and how they inspire this notion of confidence. Do they know what they're doing? Are they providing you clarity with where to focus and why that matters? So what I'm getting at is that this notion of confidence in a time of great uncertainty is obviously very important, particularly with remote work. How do you communicate that as opposed to get, you know, a few hundred people in a room and you all get this great energy and your high five. And, you know, so can you speak to that reality that with remote work, you know, with this desire to create confidence that, hey, we as leaders, whether it be a micro leader of a team or a leader of an organization need to instill confidence that we need to be more conscious and proactive and how we go about that? 
Can you speak to that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I want to also, you know, underscore what you're saying about the need that we have to feel that sense of safety and security that our leadership, that our management has a chart forward and has a path forward for us and has planned in a way that provides us with a sense of security. And one of the reasons that we know that's really important is that when people are are navigating through uncertainty, um, it's it's stressful. It takes a toll on our resources. And just kind of a, a quick side note is before I came to Better Up, I was in academia and studying um, occupational health psychology. A lot of my focus was on employee stress and well-being. And one of the ways that we know from years and years, decades of research on how to induce stress in a laboratory is by creating an environment of uncertainty. Like it's the most reliable manipulation to, you know, evoke a a cortisol response, a stress response in people. So um, the fact that we need to feel that sense of security is so important because if we don't, our bandwidth is not, you know, we're not going to be able to open up to innovation, to creativity, to be able to um, spend time on the places that organizations really need us to spend time because we're we're going to be grasping on to hold on to like a sense of security and safety and protect our basic needs because we're in that state of um, survival, really. Like what you know, what's going to happen and what can I do? So I think also just underscoring your your point there that it is so important to um, be able to instill confidence, to be able to inspire people to, you know, to feel um, a sense of generativity, hope, and optimism for the future in spite of the environment we're around is is so important in order to, you know, have successful high-performing teams. You know, and, and there is, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, based on your research and your experience, that there's a fine line between you know, getting up in front of a group of people or on a Zoom call or, or something and giving a bunch of happy talk uh, versus saying that, hey, no, this is our situation and this is what we have to do to survive or be successful or, or, or achieve our goals. So it, uh, with that as a, a framing, you know, what does the future minded leader look like? You know, what are some of the key attributes yeah. of this individual or, or group? Yeah. So to to just pause for a moment on, on what the future-minded leader is. So this is really inspired out of um, a burgeoning body of work. It's a very sort of new area of discovery in the positive psychology space um, and really spearheaded by a team of researchers out of um, Penn, um, but also others, Marty Seligman, who's on the science board at BetterUp being one of them. And um, the concept that this group has been studying is the concept of prospection, which is the ability to look into the future and generate and imagine multiple alternatives. So instead of just you know, charting one path forward. It's about holding space for a variety of different ways that the future could look and a variety of different pathways forward in order to get there and having that imaginative um, visioning for what's to come. So prospection is a concept that's been studied in the academic literature. And um, and so what what we did is we, we 
we, well, first of all, we partnered with Penn to create the pragmatic prospection scale, which was really exciting. And then we took that pr pragmatic prospection scale and used it to conduct several different studies um, that, you know, of course we can get into. But future mindedness is really the the term that we're using to call prospection because it's a little more approachable, um, you know, for <laughs> the general audience to to interpret. And also is too confusing with prospecting right. <laughs> in sales. So um, in any case, case it's it's also it's also really interesting because prospection or future mindedness is something that's really unique to humans um and that's because we have prefrontal cortex we have executive function and can make decisions um with strategy we can imagine and and that's a unique cognitive capability to humans we all do it so it's also not that future-mindedness is only reserved for certain people. In fact, we all have some level of future-mindedness. We're all, you know, able and, and all the time kind of processing what's next. But some people are better able to do this. They've honed a, a, a skill in like the strategy for doing this, just like some people can get better at making decisions. Um, some people are better at future-mindedness and sort of strategically planning. And there's four aspects of future-mindedness um, that are involved. Uh, one is imagining the future. So as I said, sort of being able to vision multiple alternatives of what the future could look like um, and practicing that um, openness to what could come. Then there's making a plan, which is, of course, very pragmatic, but it's really about the quality of our planning. Um, the third one is being flexible in our execution. So as we're actually moving into the future, how nimbly are we uh, able to kind of uh, shift between paths and sort of like a Google Maps or Waze, take in new information and then recalibrate and recalibrate mm -hmm. and recalibrate mm -hmm. and be flexible to what, you know, unexpectedly may pop up or challenges that may come in the way. And then the final aspect is being able to set sensible goals and being able to see um, and practice what would be actually reasonable given, you know, the entirety of the information we have. So those are the four aspects of, of future mindedness. Yeah. I, as you're talking, number one, I love it. it. It rings through my own personal experience that also going back at the beginning of my professional career, um, I was inspired and we leveraged the work of Daniel Jurgen and many at Cambridge Energy Research Associates who really stepped into scenario planning. And mm -hmm. one of the things that's jumping out uh, for me um, is it's one thing to have your own personal musings about the future and you know, uh, you know go through the process that you shared. It's another thing to bring a leadership team on board and align. And, and working in the future of work myself, one of the things that I have long advised leaders and leadership teams to do is, number one, you have to create the space because mm -hmm. this requires thought. It requires processing information. It yeah, and there's feelings associated with this and biases that need to be called out as well. So can you talk to aligning a team around this process that you just outlined? Yeah. So, uh, yes, um, I think that there's two things that, that I'll share in response to your question. Um, one is that what you just described, you know, it, it sort of franchising a vision and being able to convey that vision um, with sort of a 
a confidence interval of certainty and with contingencies, I think is really the key. And look, this stuff takes time. Like, and what we saw in the research too, is that it takes time. You have to set aside the time for this. And people who are really good at future mindedness, we saw they spend more time on planning and they spend more time really thinking about this. So um, on the one hand, it's, it's, it's kind of an ask, right? It's like, not only do we need leaders to build the skill, but we need them to set aside the time with themselves and with their teams to really work through the process. Um, but we also see that it provides returns for individuals and organizations, both personally and for you know performance of teams. So when leaders are able to do that and sort of set aside the time, make the space for it, the, the benefits you know, do come back um, you know, in multiples. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is that uh, in in some of the some of the data in one of the studies that we ran, we were looking at what kind of strategies are really effective. You know, so not only is it getting the buy-in and kind of in, incorporating people for diversity of perspective, but how do we combat bias and how do we best actually create pragmatic habits in teams that leaders can implement so they can improve the way they're they're operating. And one of the things we found um, after trying many different strategies, one was about um, sort of thinking through different time frames into the future. So like mental time travel to different phases of the future and, you know, focusing on these waypoints that are to come. Another was really perspective about perspective taking and taking the view of uh, different people that are, you know, in the, the stakeholder uh, environment. And then a, a third way, and this is the way that we found to be really effective and what we recommend as a, a pragmatic takeaway from the report is using something called the floodlight question, which is what's the worst that can happen? Mm. And asking what's the worst that can happen or how is this going to go wrong? Like what's the absolute worst that we're facing as we're planning this project, as we're setting our strategy, as we're planning, you know, um, we're planning into next quarter or to the next year in the macro environment, in our market, you know, how is this going to just totally fall apart and go wrong? That helps people to open up their aperture to the full kind of range and scope of what's possible. And if nothing else, hold that space and acknowledge and recognize and sort of do the mental rehearsal of like, okay, if this, if that, what's the contingency and how are we going to navigate and be agile? Um, so that's one pragmatic recommendation. But I also think to your point, Al, that there's there's emotion wrapped up in this too, right? Like we're human beings. And so, um, you know, I think it can be, it can be a little threatening to, to go there, right? Because it's like, if I'm proposing an idea, you're proposing an idea We're we're trying to craft a vision, it can feel um, negative or difficult to sort of acknowledge and recognize like, look, my best laid plan could actually blow up. <laughs> yeah. I have I have authorship of this, and you know I I want it to work. It's a, it's a natural way of being, and you know, yeah. I, I want to let you finish what you're saying. Do you did you want to continue and finish something? Or? No, no, no. Go ahead. No? Go ahead. Because I because I I want to take it to to this place here because I think about what you just landed on with this idea that we have an emotional stake in what is proposed, or if and I find this happening a lot consciously and unconsciously with people is like, I, I like 
Joe and I want Joe to be successful. Therefore, I am going to stand behind that idea as opposed to share my concerns. And therefore, you know, there can be a suboptimal plan that doesn't harness the, the wisdom of the group. So all that, right. you know, that openness requires, yes, a future minded leader, but he or she would have to create a safe place for people to express themselves to ideate and all these things. So what are the pointed question I wanted to get to, and it, it points to the nature of, of better up, correct me if I'm wrong, is that I'm, I read this report. This is great, but we're not doing this. I, I, you know, I have growth to become a more future minded leader. And I know my leadership team are too wed to their ideas. And, you know, I, you know, we're not creating this space. So how do we get a team aligned? How do we get to a better place? You know, what are your thoughts and ideas there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is, yeah, this is where, you know, better up does, you know, have an opportunity to, to help, I think, um, because it's, it's about supporting people leaders. It's supporting the people leaders in knowing how to create psychologically safe environments, knowing how to elicit, um, participation in decision makings, uh, uh, decision making and ideation and creating the inclusive kind of environment where all voices can be heard, where our biases can be, uh, you know, addressed or counteracted. I mean, I, I don't think it's as um, explicit as sort of like, okay, let's, uh, let's address my biases, but it's about creating the habits that we know are going to be helpful to craft the best um, and most uh, inclusive kind of plan forward. So, with BetterUp, of course, we use coaching. Coaching is a part of uh, a part of our our model, um, and we 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 do uh, human transformation at scale as well through our platform, through group coaching, um, peer community groups, um, and the one to one relationship with with a virtual coach. And all of these methods, which are grounded in science and built upon a lot of the um, intelligence that we're collecting about the problems that organizations and individuals are facing um, can help people to have that thought partner, to have that accountability, to have that practice, to understand why, how is that important, and to line up our behaviors to our ultimate values and goals um, as leaders and organizations. Yeah, I, I mean, and you all, I'm really thankful uh, that you all are doing well because this is uh, something that has been uh, kind of a one-off, you know, the idea of coaching, it's been exclusive to leadership for decades. And now you're making this available, you know, at scale. So, you know, w before I go off on, on that, which I have a tendency to do because I, you know, I, the value of coaching is unmistakable. It's been true in my life and I've seen it in many colleagues. I have a coach. So it, it's something that I, I believe in, in personally. But going back to the, the future-minded leader in particular and the report itself, which is 67 pages, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. And, and so it, it, what do you hope to achieve from it? You know, what in, I imagine you want people to read it. Yes. And take it to account. But but what's your what's your goal? How, how do you want people to be inspired? Yeah, I mean, I think it's about introducing a new way of thinking about how we cultivate 
resilience and agility in people and in organizations. Um, because I think like a lot of times um, we, we, we're kind of falling back on a lot of the same skills, which are also very important, but things like, you know, practicing self-care and meditation, yoga, you know, getting good sleep. Like we know these things are helpful to help people combat uh the immense amount of stress that we feel in our environments of ambiguity, uncertainty, change, and navigating through that. But it's still not enough. Like we see in our data that um, the skills of, of sort of being agile, we see that the ability to plan today is so hard. And we're just looking at, you know, kind of the macro um, environment and we collect data from uh, many different sources. But one of the ways we collect data is from the actual members who are getting coaching and they provide you know, information to us about where they stand um, when they first start coaching. And what we've noticed over time over the last three years is like these skills in being, agil um, being agile and having resilience, um, being able to plan, being able to focus are just like tanking. And it's just, it's so, it's sad. And so um, I think part of what we want to inspire from this report is like, okay, there's also another way. And it's also about how we help our, our leaders and ourselves to think about the future and reframe and open up our aperture to a world of possibility, hold optimism with pragmatism or realism. You know, it's not about sort of just everything is is going to be fine. It may not. And we, we have to be acknowledging that too and planful for that. Um, but it shouldn't also be all the way to the other end of the spectrum, like, you know, all doom and gloom and feeling just like stuck and not knowing a way forward um, when we don't have all the information that we want in order to make good decisions. So, you know, I think the, the idea is that um, we can help people. People can grow in this area um, and change the way, the skill of the way they think about the future in order to help themselves thrive and their teams thrive. And just another comment on on sort of your question too is that we also, of course, track with our, our data um, how people grow and change when they have that personal individualized support with a coach. And across 26 different areas that we track and measure where people can grow, the ones that are related to future-mindedness and, and strategic planning, those grow the most with a coach in the shortest amount of time. So it's also an optimistic, um, an optimistic message of like, we are in a challenging phase of history. Um, it's difficult. We can build the skills necessary to have a better experience and have better outcomes for our teams and organizations. And it's possible to do that. We see the evidence that we can do that. So yeah, I think that's the inspirational message. Well, you know, th thank you for sharing that because, you know, I know you all do, you know, coaching and, you know, I want to emphasize, you know, that point because I view, you know, we're here we are in 2022 and, and we go back, you know, generations, there were tribal leaders, elders were more accessible in, in our personal lives to be vulnerable and open up and, and get guidance. And, you know, and then of course there are therapists. And then if oftentimes you are probably asked like I am, you know, what's the difference between a coach and a therapist? And I go, well, we're, we're not going to discuss that right now because that's a whole discussion in itself. But at the end of the day, you know, whether it be an accountability buddy or a professional coach, you know, there's so mm -hmm. much value 
in reflection and elevating self-awareness and identifying, honing your intention and the appropriate response to take that attention. And so I love that you're bringing that to a wider audience and in ways that, uh, you know, create, um, not only the self-awareness, but the ability to listen and contribute in ways that are constructive as opposed to, okay, wh- where the heck am I going? And so, you know, aligning uh, a culture around a way of being. Um, there's two things I want to touch on. And I saw some comments are on LinkedIn um, in particular about the research report. I see that uh, the link went up. So uh, thank you, Jenna and uh, Jill for, or, and Tina for, for uh, taking care of that. Um, uncertainty. Uh, so in doing analytics and workforce planning and, and you know, working on the future of work, and we've talked about scenarios. What was the word that you used? Uh, pros, uh, oh, prospection. 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 Yeah. I, 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 got, yeah. I got it. I mean, prospection. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not part of my normal vocabulary, so bear with me. No, it's not. <laughs> But it's it's this idea, and it's in the report, and you talk about uncertainty is the new normal. However, you also talk about the fact that uncertainty has always been around. And so when we talk about confidence, um, it's not an absolute. It's not like A plus B B equals C, or the situation A exists, we're going to do B, and C is going to result. It's A exists, we're going to do B, and to your earlier point around confidence intervals, there's going to be a likelihood that C results based on these other things. So we have to get more comfortable with not only uncertainty, but the speed in which things shift, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. So going back to your research and, and the future-minded leader, is that something that you're working to elevate awareness around and in turn how to deal with that and creating a level of acceptance that uncertainty yes. is just is just here and we got to deal with it. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think part of what we discovered and what we talk about with the future minded leader is that it's it's about speed. It's about agility and, and adaptability and um you know being okay to sit in that uncertainty. Um but in addition, it's about sort of being able to vision what's what's um, what's possible, being able to vision the challenges that can get in the way so that in service of our emotional health and stability. So, for example, I think sometimes when people aren't practicing these skills or aren't doing sort of a, um, a great job with prospection or future mindedness, we can get thrown off a lot, right? Like you think A plus B should lead to C and then A plus B leads to Z. And it's <laughs> it's 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 like it's jarring or, you know, it's, you know, B is no longer available. And now what? So, um, so and that can I think, you know, it can create you know, stress. We don't like to be surprised. People don't want to be in a state of shock. We don't want to have to then navigate our emotion and process that around it. But I think the process of being able to sort of um, do the mental rehearsal of what is possible and accept that these are within the scope of possibility and the range of what could happen, I think allows us to move and kind of glide over the bumps a little smoother because we've we've been there mentally before. Right. And so when right. it happens, it's not like, ah, you know, this is this is this is not what I expected, or I, I hadn't, you know, um created sort of a, a a chair flight of this where I've, you know, thought about how this is all gonna unfold. 
Um, so I think that's really part of it too, is, is it's a, an emotional management strategy as well for um, accepting and being uh, open and, and sitting in the, the change, the unexpected and the moments when we do get thrown off. Well, yeah, when um, Duke Daling, uh, your colleague, sent yeah. me the report, number one, thanks, Duke, for connecting Aaron and I. And, Shout out to um, Duke. <laughs> yeah, it, it, um, I, I, number one, I was happy he thought of me. Number two, I looked at it and I thought about how timely it it is, the, the report, and how... Uh, we have all these assumptions around what great leaders are. Um, there's obviously scores of books on the topic. Uh, there's also, you know, these popular um, books, um, you know, out there, everything from, you know, Brene Brown and the power of vulnerability. And you mentioned Martin Seligman, you know, authentic happiness and, you know, uh, Sean Aker and Carol Dweck and Susan David and all, all this stuff, which is fantastic. And then there's the delta, the reality of bringing those concepts to life at an individual yes. level, which is arguably a personal responsibility, first and foremost, uh, maybe not arguably, definitely. Um, but also, you know, what is the opportunity responsibility of leaders to yeah. infuse these concepts and make it part of how an organization functions? And so yeah. that's how I, I took this report. And it's very well researched. I mean, we made, Aaron and I made a conscious decision. We're not going to put a bunch of slides because as soon as we started going down that, we, we would be here for literally hours of the 67-page <laughs> report. But um, anyway, I, I highlight that fact that it is important. It is nuanced. It brings a lot of um, disparate concepts together. And so I want to congratulate you on uh, making that happen. It's no small feat. It's like a it's like a book, <laughs> but it, it, it yeah, it, it's important. And uh, yeah, I want to say that sincerely that uh, I appreciate you, you know, making that happen. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, um, well, thank you. As we wrap, you know, anything, uh, closing comments or, you know, how can they learn more about you or viewers, listeners, yeah. uh, more about you and better up? Yeah, please. Um, yeah, please. I'm on LinkedIn. Please follow me there. I'm on Twitter as well. Um, I'm always happy to make connections. Um, so, you know, open invitation. And as well, you know, please go to betterup.com. Please find our, our insight report. You can download um, the report there as well as previous reports and upcoming reports that we'll be putting out. And in addition, you can follow the Research and Insights blog at BetterUp, which we post um, new insights coming out of, of my team and other teams in the in the business that are studying um, a variety of concepts in sort of the space of organizational behavior and human thriving at work um, and leadership development. So you can find all those great insights on a, uh, a really regular cadence. We've got new posts um, every week. All right. Well, Aaron, again, thank you for being here and uh, look forward to talking again soon. Yeah. Thanks so much, Al. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. For me as well. All right. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.